Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. Let's dig in. We're going to talk about what about children. And you say, well, I don't know. This is going to not be about me. Yes, it is. This is all about you. And so let's, let's, let's look at uh, Luke 18. You got your Bible? Turn with me to Luke 18. We'll start with verse 15. Just hold your place there because we're going to bounce in and out of Luke 18. But in verse 15, it says, Then they brought infants to him that he might touch them. But when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them to him and said, Let the little children come to me and do not forbid them. For such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whosoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. So, Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for impartation to every person in this room. Lord God, we thank you for the victory that's in Christ Jesus. Amen. So, children are important. They're important. Jesus just just said that children, bring the children unto me. They're important. And you say, well, yeah, but you know, too many, too, too many of us have left kids out. But kids are just like you. They have a spirit, they have a soul, and they have a body. And we're going to look at these things, but I, I want to remind you, I want to look, uh, Leslie, put Matthew 18, start at verse 3. How many of you know that, that with the scripture that I just read that it has a double meaning? And so let's look at this. And he said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as a little child or as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom. Can you see Jesus holding a child? And say, if you can become like this child, you can become the greatest in the kingdom. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. Children are important. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Ooh. Listen, the correlation is not only about kids, but you are the children of God. The correlation is what we've been preaching about, identity. How many of you can identify that you're a child of God? How many can you identify that Jesus came to not to keep you from hell, but to bring you into him, into the family? Come on, you're in the family. You're a child of God. That's your identity. You need to lock it in. You need to stabilize it in your heart. You need to let nothing rob you from that. And the enemy wants to punch you in the mouth and steal that from you. Well, you know why? So, so what happens is circumstances come and we judge ourselves by circumstances that attack us from the outside, not what's happening on the inside. I'm a child of God on the inside. Doesn't matter what happens. Doesn't matter if my wife dies, I die. I'm still a child of God. I'm going to heaven. 
I'm a child of God. If my house burns down, I'm a child of God. If my truck breaks down, I'm a child of God. No matter what happens, I'm a child of God. Circumstances cannot rob that from me. But how many times we get punched in the mouth and we quit? We have got to press forward and know that we are a child of God, that God loves us. But we look, well, they got a nice house and I don't. I must not be a child of God. I have all these problems. Oh, I, I must not be a child of God. Have you ever read about Paul's problems? Shipwrecked three times in the, you know, in the ocean for days and whipped with rods. You know, we think, I could take that whipping. Do you know that it left a scar? It cut through the skin all the way to the muscle on his back. You just think a whipping like with a belt like I used to get. No, with, with rods, they left scars. They stoned him. He must not have been in the will of God. Listen, when you got the devil's attention, he's going to come after you. Somebody said if you don't run in the devil every now and then, you're walking with him. So we gotta, we're gonna, you're going to have trouble in this life. Paul said that. You're going to have trouble. Or Jesus said it too. Be of good cheer. Paul said, I've been pressed, been knocked down. But hey, I'm an overcomer. Jesus said that we can overcome by, by, because he has won the victory. Even in death, there's victory. Precious are the deaths of his saints. So let's, let's dig into this. You're thinking, well, this is about you. It's about identity. Identity. It's about family. How many of y'all got any cousins that live a long way off? You, guess what? You got some you don't even know about. You're distant cousins, huh? But you got cousins, that are, they're, in, they're still in your family. One of the team asked me and Lisa, were, were we kin? Yeah, we're married. And I said, we're from Louisiana. We're probably kin too. <laughs> Just a joke. Just a joke. Come on, y'all. Lighten up a little bit, huh? So, so, so let's look at number one. God delights in children. Guess what? You're his children. God delights in children. God delights in you. God delights in you. Well, I don't feel like it. doesn't matter what you feel. God still loves you. You know, my kids have acted uh, like nutcases from time to time. Guess what I did too? You know, everybody's putting their, uh, my, my child got the principal award, and I almost posted I got the principal, uh, never mind. <laughs> you know, I got the principal spanking. You know, it was like going in front of the court and lawyer and everything else to sit in front of our principal. You get, I'd rather him just whip me and get me out of here instead of, you know, eat on me, trying to get to the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Whip me and get me out of here. I got my whippings. I know none of y'all did, but I did, okay, so y'all sitting there, yeah. And so, so, you know, God still loves us. Our children can mess up. They're still our children. See, it's a relationship that you got to build to know that you're a child of God. It's relationship with God. When you know what Jesus would say, what Jesus would do, and Jesus said, I only do what the Father shows me to do, but in that relationship. See, the scary part, people go to church and they don't know him and they don't build their relationship. And I'm preaching to me today. I always repent, Lord, I need more of a relationship. I want that deeper relationship with you. Come on, to talk to him and to hear him talk. And some of you think, boy, that's strange. No, God will speak to you. It's called relationship, to build the relationship with God. Build your, you're a child of God. I, I, I call my mama twice a week. My mama lives in Louisiana. 
14 and a half to 15 hours. What are y'all doing? Y'all sweating, aren't you? I'm not, you know. You fighting mosquitoes, I'm not. But, you know, it's relationship. You have the same relationship with God, your Father, Jesus, your brother. Yeah, I know Jesus is your Savior. I saved my little brother. I stepped in between him and a bigger boy to fight several times when we were kids because I was the bigger. I'm the big brother. Jesus is my big brother, and he'll step in between me and the devil all the time. Come on. You got to call him. Call on him. That's what he said. Hey, hey, big brother, come help me. This is family. It's relationship in a family sense. We put, oh, God God is old God. He is big God. But he's, he's calls you child. He calls you children. Are you with me? Come on, say amen for me just a little bit every now and then. And, and you know, let's keep this going. Because, see, you need to recognize you're a child of God. You say, well, I am. But just like Buddy said, lightning strikes you and you realize, I don't know if I am or not. You still burn for God even after you get struck by lightning, huh? That's a good word. So John 1, 2 says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. That's identity. It's our right. It's our right. I'm talking to you right now. I'm talking to everybody in this room. Let's talk about that just for a minute. You know, there are some things, there are some things that, that my children have a right to. Man, if they come to my house, they can sleep in one of our beds. They can eat the food in my house. It's a right. And that's the way it is with God. Sometimes God just gives you stuff because you're his child. And you're like, what is this? What is this? It's just a blessing. It's a blessing. But what happens when you pray and it doesn't come? <gasps> what am I going to do? I ain't wait. I, because, all right, well, then, and you know, I'd love to say I know exactly what to do every time, but I don't either. But sometimes God wants you to use your authority as a family member. Now, some of you mamas sitting out there, well, I don't understand that. So let me, let me say it this way. Jesse DePlantis told the story about he did something to the neighbor's son, and the neighbor come at him and is going to beat him. And mama used her authority and stepped out with a 22 and said, you keep, don't you touch my son. You get on out the yard. Huh? And it's funny. And Jesse's going, now come on, come on. You know, he's a little kid, but he's saying, come on. You got something? Come on, mama. Because mama had his back. Well, God's got your back. Even when you don't see it, feel it, taste it, touch it, and you haven't received it yet, God's still got your back. Now, now, your part is to go after it, just like mama come after her baby boy, even though he was in the wrong. I mean, you know, God will come and wash you, clean you up, and fix you up even when you've been wrong. It's called, but you got to use your authority sometimes in prayer and stand, in, stand and believe and fight against the devil. Do you know that we have an enemy? And you know what? You got to stand your ground like a mama. You know, most black bears won't attack you unless you mess with the cub. They'll run from you almost every time. Matter of fact, I went to take a picture of one, and I'm walking up to the tree. He slides down the tree and takes off running the opposite way. He ran from me. I didn't have a gun. 
All I got is my phone, you know, trying to take a picture. Okay, I'm from Louisiana. I'm crazy, so I ain't afraid of them. So let, let's look. Uh, talking about children, let's, let's just dive in. They're just like you. They can understand and receive. They can understand and receive. My daughter's a nurse, and she, she was telling in class that said, you really can't spoil a, a, a baby till they're like uh, 15 months. I said, eh, they, I don't know who wrote that. But they don't know what they're talking about. Because a newborn would love to be helped, and they can be helped and be spoiled by holding, and you lay them in there, ah, pick them up, and it's cut off. Ah, cut off. Ah. I said, well, okay, there's a, there's a problem here. We've helped them too long, you know. So so rule of thumb is don't hold the baby all the time. It gets sore, number one, and you're going to have to sleep with them on the top of you all night, huh? Okay, I'm the only one that's ever been there. So, but, but look at David was a teenager. Samuel was a young boy. God spoke to them. That's just two examples. Man, God can use children. But he just said that his son, eight years old, told him something. God can speak to them and give them revelation, not even know it. I heard a story about these two guys. They were both preachers, and they got in a plane, and it was cloudy. And they decided, we're just going to believe God, and they took off. And the little boy was in the car with Mama asleep in the back seat because it was like 6 in the morning. And he goes, Mama, where's Daddy? She goes, well, he's in that plane. He goes, don't he know it's going to crash? And they crashed into the mountain. Wow. Wow. So we need to remember that, 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 that God can use children. He can speak to them. They can understand. You know why that's easier for to, why he said come as a child? Let me help you. My kids never worried about paying bills. My kids never worried about what kind of, you know, this or that. If we's going to have enough food. They don't have any care. They don't judge I, have, I, be, I was holding mine, and there was a street guy come into McDonald's, and they're doing this to him. And I'm like, no, 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 don't do that. Because they don't care. But, you know, you don't, you don't lie to me. And you, you, I ain't praying for them. Lord, they got in that situation themselves. We judge. Jesus had come as a child. Just empty it. Empty everything. Just trust me. Don't worry about your bills. Don't worry about being sick. Don't worry about uh, people. Children, you know, love everybody. My, my cousin was talking to his kids, and, and they were talking about this friend and that friend and this friend. And, and in the conversation, no color came up. I'm just going to hit this for a second. Prejudice is talk. He goes, well, man, well, what color is that buddy of yours? Is, is he the same color as you? He goes, no, no, he's, he's brown, you know. Doesn't even enter in. But prejudice is taught. We, we, we'll get to some of that in a little bit. Let's go to number two. Children deal with the same real-life issues that we do. Matter of fact, I said it last Sunday, and you don't have to raise your hand, but a lot of us, were abused or trash happened to us when we were kids, and we're still dealing with it. We still deal with junk. 
That's why you need to be praying over these kids and you need to get victory over it so you can help some of these kids that go through the same thing because God take your test and turn it into a testimony. And that's what the saying is? And he will. But the children, children deal with the same issues we do. John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes not except to steal, kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. The thief, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Guess what? He's after kids too. Bad things happen to good people. The devil is there. Sickness and disease is in the air. You have got strep throat germs in your mouth already. It's already here. It's a curse. Christ came to redeem us from the curse. You've got to, you've got to, that's the part you've got to fight. But you know what? It just happens. That's the way it is. No, it's not. Case of Ra, Sarah is not in the Bible. Whatever will be, will be. So children deal with the same problem. They deal with everything their parents deal with. The devil wants to mark your children. The devil wants you to, to uh, they, they want, he wants them to live defeated. I want you to think about that. The same issues, the same problems uh, that they deal with or you deal with, they do. In Acts 14 and 2, just to emphasize something, it says the unbelieving Jews or people stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren. Turn the news on. Look at what they're teaching our kids. Look what they're teaching in college, in high school, in elementary school. They're bringing people in. Come on. The mind is the battleground, and the devil's after your children's minds. He's after your mind, your thoughts. What they think, what they're going to think, what they think, what they're going to think. How, oh, what they're going to I don't know why. Oh, oh, and your mind is the battlefield, and you have got to wash your mind in the blood of Jesus and put the Word of God in your mind and meditate the Word of God and meditate what Jesus said and meditate what Jesus did and, and think about, okay, what about this situation? You know, I've, I've, I've taught it before. You know, when my kids started driving, I heard every ambulance, every siren, and the devil said, mm-hmm, they ain't in a wreck. And I, I've got a choice to make now. Am I going to live in fear or am I going to release God? Well, if they're in a wreck, they'll live and not die and we'll just get another vehicle. Big deal. Devil, I'm not going to meditate on that. I mean, you know, I, uh, I just, I grew up with somebody that meditated like that. Every helicopter went by. It's a medevac. Wonder who's sick, who's hurt. Oh, my goodness. I said, that's a military helicopter. That's not a, you know, but every, always thought the worst. But we need to believe for the best, for the victory. And no matter what, whatever the devil takes from you, he has to return. God restores. That's what we hold on. These are called promises that we hold on to. Yes and amen, we sing it. And, and you need to be singing, I'm a child of God, I'm a child of God, I'm a child of God, I'm a child of God. 
You need to get up, and some of you don't comb your hair, but when you get up and comb your hair and say, I'm a child of God, I'm a child of God, I'm a child of God, as you comb your hair. I'm picking fun. I'm making fun. It's all right. You're a child of God. Tell the devil, get out. I'm a child of God. And you need to be declaring that over your children, over your future children. So real-life issues, we've all had problems that we dealt with as a child. But children need to be taught that Jesus came to die for them. What you do and how you act affects you, your spouse, your family. If I called my mother and told her the things I dealt with, she'd go to pieces. But that's not, that's not the grace on her life. You can't share everything. And as a pastor, I share too much sometimes. Because people aren't made to carry it. I can't tell my wife things. But listen to me. You don't tell your kids things. There's things that you and the Lord need to deal with. I'm trying to help you. This is, this is about information today about how to live life with kids, without kids, just you. You're a child of God, and God, won't, God don't want you to just dump. Because guess what? If I dump on Miss Becky, I still carry in mine. Now she's carrying it too. Now the devil's affecting her, me, and everybody else. Everybody I dump on, they're going to carry the trash that I'm, put, I'm dumping trash in them. Keep your trash to yourself. Let God throw it out for you. Go, there's a dumpster out back. It's called the altar. Nobody wants to do it. The cross was nasty. The cross was horrible. That's where the trash was taken care of. But the victory's in the resurrection. And the cross is true that all the trash was taken out because of the resurrection. The resurrection declares it's been done. It's been taken care of. The victory's been won. I see, I've been praying the victory, the victory, the victory, because we have the victory because of the resurrection. So come on, put the trash on the altar and let the resurrection wipe it away. Come on, that's how, that's how that's, I'm just trying to help you get some understanding because God wants you free. How many of you were, had junk put on you by your parents? Me too. And I said, man, when I get kids and I get a wife, I am not going to do that. And doggone it if I didn't do it. Golly, because that's the way I was taught. That's what was imparted to me. And, I did, and now I, I, start, I have to pray, and I, uh, I got to get rid of that. I got to get rid of it. I don't want to be that way. And I have to clean myself up, cause, but my parents were great parents. Don't get me wrong. But they didn't do everything right. Neither did I. But God will help us clean our life up and change See, repentance, somebody said repentance is change of mind. But if you're going to change your mind, if your mind's truly changed, then your actions will change. It's not just mind change. It's not, you know, that's, that's society today. Oh, I've got, I've got good thoughts towards poor people. Well, they don't need your good thoughts. They need help to get out of that ditch. Oh, there's somebody in the ditch. I got a strap in my truck to pull people out of the ditch. Oh, y'all be, be blessed, be warm, be filled. That's what the Bible said. Don't just say that. Do something. 
If you have faith, do something. You know, you go around the curve around here. It's funny how the GPS will take you down Petunia. And one of the brothers driving his big SUV, it took him. He was coming from this way down the interstate, took him to the last exit and made him come to Petunia to the church. I'm like, man, that, it does several people that way. Well, on Petunia there, there's a ditch, and this kid was going to drive through that mud hole. You know how kids are. I, 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 yeah, it was me. And so he was stuck, and I stopped and pulled him out. I could have said, y'all, be blessed. Oh, you idiot, you stupid trying to drive through that mud. It didn't take me two seconds. Just eased it right out, and I went on my merry way. My point is we're called to help people, pull them up, but we've got to live our life. Amen? Let's, let's, let's let children deal with these issues, the same things. And listen, you don't, sometimes we get callous. That ain't a big deal. It is to them. And, I, I, and we get the same way with adults. That ain't a big deal. It is to them. And, and one, one thing that, and, I, and I've been guilty of saying it, I understand how you feel. I don't know how you feel. I may have been through a situation similar, but I don't know how they feel. And we got to quit saying that. Yeah, I've been through that. I don't know how you feel, but I want to pray for you. Because, you know, we think it might make them feel better if we know how they feel, but we really don't know how they feel. Because some people take certain things differently than others. But God is still God. He's the creator of everybody, and he can fix everybody. Amen? And, and so let's look. Let's look. Because even if you don't have children, you're imparting to even the people you work with, the people in your life, the people that are around you. But we're going to look at it as, as imparting the children to train and child. But guess what? My pastor taught me without saying anything to me by me watching him. I've watched men of God, and they taught me, and they trained me. And they, it was like, it's like Keith Moore said about Brother Hagin. Uh, the first time he ever taught in the morning session, he goes, in the morning, my associate, uh, Keith Moore, will be preaching at 10 o'clock, and I have taught and trained him and raised him up. And Keith Moore went back to the, the hotel room that night, and he goes, he didn't taught me. He never talked to me. He never talked to me at all. He didn't personally train me in the Holy Spirit. Yes, he did. Every time you sat in one of his services, you were trained and you were taught on how to act, what to say, when to, how to act in a certain anointings or the presence of God. How you respond to life, people are watching. I worked at this place one time, and they came. The rumor started, they're closing the plant down, they're closing the plant down, they're closing the plant down. And, and, and the Spirit of God rose in me and said, if I lose this job, I'll get a better one in Jesus' name. So your first response is what you're going to follow. I don't know what I'm going to do, I could have said. And people came up to me because they were in fear. They were trying to impart their fear to me. You just bought a car. What are you going to do? I said, Lord, you're going to take care of me. They didn't hear that. They wanted me to get in agreement with their fear. The Lord's going to take care of me. And if I lose this job, I'll get a better one. In Jesus' name. What, how do you, how you respond is where you're going to, that's where you're starting. Not so, even if you respond in fear, you got, you got a longer walk to walk now. Learn how to respond 
that the Lord's going to take care of you. I'm going to be able to sleep tonight, even though I'm losing my job in the future. The unknown is scary, isn't it? But God is not unknown to us. We are His family, we are His children, and He takes care of His children. Amen. So Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, I do believe in discipline, and I have taught discipline, but we're not teaching discipline today. We're talking about training. It's different. It's different. Train up. Somebody said the true translation is like this. Teach them what to say, what to think, what to say, how to act. That's training. If all you're doing is sit down, I can't believe you act like that. What are you doing? Look at this mess you made. That's discipline. Stop and say, Shh, okay, you, you messed up the room here. Let's, let's train a little bit. Training. And we should always be training ourselves, and we should always be training others. And we should always be training our children. If God gave you children, you need to be training them. Not, not take the time. Let's talk about kids just for a minute. You ever seen a kid acting up? And we judge him. Look at that hellion right there. Woo! Huh? Listen to me. If your kids act up, and I know people want to say, oh, they just strong-willed, or they just this and that, and excuse it up. No, they need training. It's great to have a strong will, but you still need training. Because you need a strong will for Jesus. And kids have different personalities. And every one of them God-given. Some are shy. Some are outgoing. Some are clowns already. You can tell at three. Yeah. Micah's the clown. And all my three grandsons. The other two are serious. And Micah's just, hey, I'm here to have, ah, you know. And he's trying to make you laugh. Trying to make you laugh. That's his personality. But they all three, every child needs training. And we need training. We have to train ourselves with the Word of God. And children need to be trained. And even, hey, if they throw in a hissy fit, or you know what they're wanting is attention. Attention. They'll take bad attention. Wrong. They'll do wrong things to get your attention. They'll do good things to get your attention. You better be glorifying the good things. And you need to sit them down and give them attention and train them on what they need to say, do, think, say, or think, say, and do. Because the battleground's up here. And it's amazing. I would send mine off, and they would go anywhere with anybody, and they'd go to their grandparents for two or three days, come home, and they'd start throwing fits to get my attention because they hadn't seen me in three days. How do I respond? You know, you want your whipping now, you want it later, you know. It's not always the best response. They want attention recognize, learn to discern. Every child's different. Every person's different. You need to be praying, how do I reach them? That person you work with, no telling what they're carrying. But God will give you wisdom on how to reach them for Jesus just like he'll give you wisdom on how to raise your children. I'm trying to help you this morning. So, so we need to, it's not discipline. We need to train them, and you need to write that down, what to think, what to say, or how to act. And we don't think that. We don't say that. And we don't do that. I, I used to talk to mine, and we'd be watching a movie. You see what they're doing? We don't do that. We don't say that. 
We don't act like that. And you go, well, I can't believe you took your kids to a movie like that. Let me tell you, they're going to it anyway, and they're hearing it at school. My wife taught fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade. She called a note in the fifth grade. This has been 18 years ago. And the boy said, will you have sex with me? Check yes or no. Now, the girls I went to school with would have turned me in. She didn't write yes or no. She goes, maybe when I'm older. Woo! Fifth grade. Get your head out of the sand. This is the world we're living in. And the devil's after your kids. He's after you. I, I don't wear my wedding ring very often because I'll stick my hand in paint and I'll work and, and I've had my finger cut before. But you know when I wear my wedding ring, I get hit on more because I'm married and I'm stable. They, if I don't have my wedding ring on, they go, there must be something wrong with him. He ought to have been married by now. That's the world we live in. They're after you. The devil's after you, and he uses people to get to you. That's true. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> but it's the truth. The enemy's after you. He's after your kids. And, and we need to be careful. Psalms 36, 7 says, How precious is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. If you trust in God, your children will trust in God. If you trust in God, the people you work with will start trusting in God. They'll come running up to you, hey, 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 hey. I know you, I know, you know God. Can you pray? Can you pray? I mean, I've had Christians that don't believe like I believe, but I know how you believe. Can you pray? <laughs> You're right too, but they don't have the understanding that it's their right. And you know what? There's some, some sects of Christianity. I'm going to call them that. They're still in your family. Not mine, but yours. And they believe they've got something that you don't for attention. Well, I, I even heard of this one church that we're all descended from the disciples. Our whole church. We've checked our lineage. And I'm like, what? Trying to be different. Trying to be, have attention. You, you ever met the tattletale in the family? They did it. They did it. You know, that's Micah. Judah did it. Judah wasn't even there. Isaiah did it. Who did this? Isaiah did it. But it's like, I can tell you some information. I got some information you don't know. See, it's when they get haughty with it is you got to correct them for tattletaling. Have you met, met Christians like that? Oh, that's false. False doctrine. Look at me, I've got it right here. False, you know. Look at me. It's attention. You live it. If you live the doctrine you believe, it'll change people. Walk it out and let me see it. I've seen it, and I'll go, I want to change. So I'm, I'm trying to help you. Your kids will believe what you believe. Your grandkids will believe. You know, I, I, I've made a statement, and I had to rep I'm, I'm repenting right now. I said my grandfather, you know, the Bible says that a, a man will leave an inheritance to his grandchildren. And I said, you know, my grandparents didn't leave me an inheritance, and I was thinking like this, money. But they did leave me an inheritance. They left me the Word of God. See, I had a grandmother that I only saw once a year, but she wrote me letters and telling me about Jesus. 
she sent me a metal cross to keep in my pocket to remind me every time I put my hand in my pocket that, that Jesus. You think about the cross, Jesus, Jesus. She was always putting Jesus in me. You know, I had a great-great-grandmother, and, and she, called us, she called everybody children, children, little children. We just read children, little children. And, and I didn't have a clue what she was talking about when I was a kid. And some of the things she said, well, children, you know, we need to pray. And I knew what prayer was, but then she'd say, that she hears some bad news, Vietnam War going on or war breaking out or, or this, that, and the other. And she goes, well, children, there's a wash day coming. Jesus is coming to wash the earth and make it like he wants it. Guess what? We're to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done now. That's our responsibility to stand in the gap. And, and, but I, at her funeral, I sang at her funeral, and those words the Holy Spirit brought back to me, there's a wash day coming. And I testified of her life and her witness to me as a little kid and saying things that were godly that I had no clue that were godly. Think about the people who's, in, who, who have in, who's imparted into your life, all your life. Ask God to show you people. Will you be that person to impart? Will you be that person to train? In Psalm 78, 1 through 6, I want to read all of it. It says, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. Jesus is the word of God. I will open my mouth in a parable, and I will utter dark sayings of old. Oh, wait, wait, dark sayings? Yeah, like, don't do that. This is what happens. That's wisdom, isn't it? Don't do this. This is what happens. You touch the stove, it's hot. Stove's hot. And you get burned. Oh, that's a dark say it. No, it ain't. It's warning. So look, keep going. Uh, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He has done. For He established a testimony to Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which He commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children, children after children after children. You know, one of our core values is children are our legacy. But that right there, that the generation to come might know, that the children, the children who would be born might know, and that they may arise and declare. Now we're talking about not just a legacy. We're talking about dynasty. That'll preach right there. Your kids, your children's children, your children's children's children, and your children's 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 children. Is that what you want to leave, or are you just living for yourself? Are you living the Word of God just for yourself? It's just me and mine. Me and what I can get. Are you training your children up in the way that they should go? You're a teacher, you're a trainer, you're a coach. You are a teacher, you're a trainer, and you're a coach. Not a disciplinary. That has to happen from time to time. You know, 
My grandson's up here, Judah, and, and notice he worships because we worship at home. But I have had to get on to him. He goes, well, Pop, that's not nice. Well, Papa, be nice when you're nice and you obey. But he has to be trained. But guess what? Even when I'm not trying to train him, he's watching. My wife and I got a phone call one day, and he was probably a year and a half, maybe two. And my wife began to cry because her heart was broke. And Judah looked, and he backed up, and he squatted down. And he knew something was going on, and he's peeking. Like, what is wrong? He sensed it in the room. What's going on? And he wanted to cry too. And it had nothing to do with him. But the impact that was on us transferred to him. How you respond is how your children respond. I picked him up, loved on him, hugged on him. It's okay. God is our source. And he didn't have a clue what I was talking about. God is our source. But it was impactful. You ever been to a funeral and everybody's crying and squalling? They don't know there's victory. And I preached my daddy's funeral with victory. And people come up and say, you know, you need to do my funeral. I want it like this. Well, I don't want to do anybody's funeral. But if I'm going to do one, we're going to do it from victory. If he's a child of God or she's a child of God, we do it from victory. How we respond, the children respond. And I have prayed at every funeral that the children, the grandchildren, the great-grandchildren have understanding. Okay. So let's, let's keep going. Look, 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 look. What are you representing? What are you presenting as a teacher, as a trainer, as a coach? You know, in America, we don't think we have idols. But we do. We have idols. Do you, do you honor the idols in front of your kids? Well, I don't have any idols, Pastor Brett. Yeah, you do. What you put before God. What comes first? See, you, every time you come to church, you're training your kids. God's important. It's important. I cussed one time in front of my kids to show an example of what somebody else said. Don't you do that. Don't you say that. You don't not supposed to say that. They got on to me. Because that was my example that we didn't use those kind of words. But hear me, hear me. What idols are you, are the idols of sin? How about the idol of fear? I'm afraid I'm going to know. How about the idols of poverty? Poverty is a big devil. How would the children of Israel quit serving God Almighty and go to Baal? God said, you better fear those gods when you go enter into that land. They didn't fear them. They started listening to what those people taught. Why would they serve Baal? Because Baal promised prosperity. And God fed them for 40 years. Their parents and grandparents 
They got their eyes off of God and focused on poverty and focused on fear and focused on different things instead of God. You've got to, that's, I, I didn't even plan on saying it, that God's greater, God's greater, God's greater, God's greater, God's greater. God's bigger than that. God's greater than that. So one of my parenting skills, and I don't know, remember where I learned it, is redirecting. He got my car, you know, and he's crying. Ah! How many of you ever met somebody else? I've met adults do that. They're sitting in my seat. That's why I sit every Sunday. Ah! Okay. This is a beautiful sage. I'm just kidding. And, but, but see, see how, how we respond, but how children respond. And I, I say, let's go look at the horses. Or crying that it's somebody else's birthday. Well, we're going to put you in charge of this. Or we're going to redirect. How many of you know you need to learn to redirect your mind when the devil says, I'm bigger? And isn't it amazing if you watch just a commercial uh, on these scary shows? And, that, that, man, that Halloween, 31 days of fear. And, and I watched one of them the other day, and I don't know some kind of demon, whatever, uh, uh, who cares? And they shoot it, and it still gets up. And I said, that ain't real. That ain't real. But they make the devil unstoppable. So fear, the idol of fear will rule your life. They make him unstoppable. The devil's stoppable. He has stopped in the name of Jesus. We got authority. We've been given the name of Jesus. We have to, we have to use our authority. Come on, how do you respond? What are you coaching? You're coaching and you're teaching your kids. We've got to turn away from the problem to a bigger God. When we become impressed with a problem, I said impressed. Impressed with a problem. Woo! Turn on the news. There's some problems that will impress you how stupid people are. It's impressing. And it leaves an impression. But you don't need to be impressed by people or the devil's works. You need to be impressed with God. God's greater. God is greater than your situation and your circumstance. God's greater. To trust in and rely upon, that means to believe in. God's greater. God's greater. And it's not over. It's not over. It's not over. It's not over. Victory belongs to you. Victory belongs to you. I, I want to show you one scripture, Acts 14, verse 1. You know, the old saying, the saying in the world, when the tough get going, or when tough times get tough, the tough get going, it's time to look, look what it says. And it happened in, uh, now in Iconium that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews and spoke that a great multitude, both the Jews and Greeks, believed. Hey, we got revival. Everybody's, everybody's believing. Well, let's keep reading. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles, and we already read this, and they poisoned their minds against the brethren. Now, when, when revival starts or when good things start happening and it didn't happen because of them, they're losing power. And authority. It's what's wrong with our political system. We're not going to preach that. But you need to go vote Tuesday. 
Commercial break. Go vote. Take your Bible with you. Okay. I didn't tell you who to vote for, but vote, vote faith, vote righteousness. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles. And look what it says. Look what it says. Verse 3. You got to find it. I, I threw this on them. It's hung up. Therefore, they stayed there a long time. Wait a minute, wait a minute. The first before said they attacked them, talking bad about them. They're bald-headed and ugly. Don't you go down there and listen to them. And you know what they said? It's going to be a fight. We're not leaving. We're going to move out. Let's go buy a condo. We're going to camp out here and preach the gospel. But how many of us, I'm quitting this job. There's a bunch of heathens working here. I'm quitting this job. They don't like me because I'm a Christian. I'm quitting this job. I'm leaving this town. No, therefore they stayed a long time speaking boldly the, uh, in the Lord who was bearing witness uh, to his word of grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Now they didn't stay. They stayed there a long time, but then they, when the Lord said, they packed up and moved and went to preach somewhere else. But you just don't leave because of opposition. You're training your kids. My kids, when they started, you know what? You going to play baseball? We're going to play all year. If you sit the bench, you're still going to dress out. you signing up. It's a commitment. We're not quitting. Because I'm not quitting God. I'm not quitting. Now, I gave my daughter permission to quit one time because they openly embarrassed her. She said, no, with tears in her eyes, I'm not quitting. But my son signed up. Play football. We're playing all year. Deer season came along. He goes, I don't want to go deer hunting. Nope, you signed up to play football. And he wasn't but seven or eight. But he loved deer hunting. And he goes, well, next year I'm not playing football. I'm going deer hunting. But you commit. If you've committed to the Lord, there's no quit. No quit. No quit. There's no quit. There is no other God. And you can't make it on your own. If you could, you'd already made it. But we can't make it on our own. We need Jesus. We need God. And it's better serving him and living for him and being in the family than being out there in the world. And the Bible teaches, don't be jealous of the world. Because theirs is the end of their road is death. The end of our road is life. Life. <laughs> Even if you're in a casket, that's not you. That's the house you lived in. There's life. You go to only, you're going to live forever. Okay. Yeah, I'm me too. So there's no quit in this game. It's what, you, what are you teaching? What are you training? What are you imparting to the people around you, to your family? I'm serving God. I'm serving God. I'm serving God no matter what. No matter what. I'm going to live for God. Listen. I had somebody tell me, my wife wants me to quit church. She said, if I don't start going partying with her on Friday and Saturday night, she's going to leave me. I said, you need to serve God. He quit church, went to partying. I'm like, so, and I, I learned a long time ago with my kids and my wife, I'm just going to go say some things just so I know that we all on the same page. And I told my wife, which she would never would, but I said, if you ever say that I need to quit God 
and, and go with you? I said, bye. I'm following God. I love you. I want to be married to you. I want to walk this life with you. But eh, God's got to be first. See, what are you teaching your kids? It's God first. It's God number one. And you need to tell your wife God's number one. See, it's God, spouse, children, church, not this building, not this building. Churches, every, everybody, you're in the church. You're in the kingdom building business. That's church. Not this building. We're in the kingdom building business. We've got to be kingdom minded. Then, job. I'm trying to help you because you need to be kingdom minded at your job. That's where witty inventions and ideas come from, the Holy Spirit. You need to be talking to the Holy Spirit. It's like uh, Alabama's quarterback. I was talking to our brother about football. I said, he cheats. He prays in tongues the whole time he's out there. <laughs> they stuck him in. He had only played in two or three games last year, and, they, and they, the game was over, so there was no pressure. They stuck him in at halftime in the national championship. And they said, what was you thinking? He goes, I wasn't. I was praying in tongues. He told the reporters that. Man, glory to God, and he is a horse. But he's a Christian, and he loves God. And that's, you know what? That's his job. That's your, what's your job? What are you doing? I hate this job. I'll tell you if I ever get out of here, I ain't going to take this job. Okay. <laughs> you got to change your mindset. Okay. Well, try not to be funny today, but hey. Some of y'all, it's the only time you ever laughed when you come to church to hear me. Y'all need some joy in your life. I wouldn't have to be all that, huh? Number four, and we're going to close with this. Children can praise and lead you, just like Buddy said. He didn't know my sermon. His son spoke something to him, and the Holy Spirit spoke to him. I was, I, we were driving, and we were under the pressure. We got to have a house. We got to have a bigger house. Because, you know, I, I told you when, when we moved uh, away from our home place, we moved into a four-and-a-half-room house. It had four rooms and a bathroom. Okay, four-room. It was You could put it right here. And we need a bigger house. We're going to have another kid. Okay, we got to find a house. we got to find a house. we got to find a house. And the pressure, you know, we need a house. You're fixing to have a baby. We need to find a house. And, and the pressures of life come up on you. But on your children, they don't know that. Guess what? They can hear God when you can't. But you got to be, you can't be hard-headed. We're driving along. Brittany's in the back seat. She's like three and a half years old. She goes, we're going, she hears us talking about a house. She goes, we're going to get a blue house. I'm like, are you kidding me? Shut up. We're trying to figure out how we're going to get a house. And we got a blue house. I mean, blue, blue. And it was a, it was a God thing. But I'm just, uh, you know, under the pressure we got to have a house. And she goes, we're going to get a blue house. She wasn't worried about it. She's hearing from God. Your children can hear from God because they're not under the pressures of life like you are. So you need to teach them to pray. You need to teach them to seek God. You need to teach them to get understanding. And then you need to pay attention to them because they'll give you things. Oh, no, sit down. Children should be seen and not heard. Ah, wrong answer. If you teach them the Word of God and teach them how to pray and you teach them what to do, they can give you wisdom. 
when you can't hear because there are sometimes you can't see the trees for the forest. Okay. Matthew 21, I'm not going to put it up, but Isaiah 11, 6 said, a child can lead you. And Matthew, Matthew 21, 15 said that they, they led in praise. The children said, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. The children were saying it. And they got indignant. The chief priest got indignant and said, can't you hear what they're saying? Don't you need to change them? And Jesus said, perfect praise. Do you not hear what they're saying? Jesus said, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants? You have perfected praise. Teach your children to praise. Teach your children to worship. Teach your children to pray. Teach them. Teach them. If you don't worship, they won't worship. If you don't praise, they won't praise. If you don't pray, they won't pray. The world's after your kids. The world's after you. But if you're a prayer and a worshiper, people will come to you. People will ask you, pray for me. You got to change your mindset. They're in the family of God with you. They may be an infant. They may be a toddler. They may be a third grader. They may be in junior high. They may be a high schooler. They may be a senior citizen in the spirit I'm talking about. But you can help them. You can pray for them. But what happens, we want is we see them with our natural eye and we say, you ought to know better. But they're a baby in the Christ. They're a child. They've never developed the word. No, they don't know any word. They don't know how to pray. And they throw a fit and they vomit and they gag because they're an adult. We see them as an adult, but they're a spiritual baby. We can't judge them. Well, you ought to know better. Your age, they're a baby. We've got to change our thinking. Why would they act that way? Been in church all that. They're a baby. Or they're a baby in that area. They've never developed themselves in an area. I have people come to me all the time and say, man, God just blesses me. I, everything, man, money just comes to me. But, man, I, I deal with this. I deal with lust. You've got to grow up in that lust area. You've got to grow up in that lust area. If it's lust, or, 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 or man, I get healed every time I pray. But I'm broke all the time. You need to grow up. You start dealing with how to handle money. Let God teach you. Money's just a tool. It's the love of anything. The love of money is the root of all evil. How about the love of football can be the root of all evil? I met people, the love of hunting was the root of all evil. That was their God. The love of their children was the root of all evil. They quit serving God because of their kids. You cannot put anything ahead of God. And you've got to recognize people need to grow up just like children need to grow up. You wouldn't kick a baby in a, in a, in a, that needs a bottle. You wouldn't feed them meat. Lord's gotten on to me about going, I want to go after meat. I like a good steak. Not everybody, you can't feed a baby with no teeth. Steak. And, and there are people that come here that have no teeth. Yet. 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 You are not without hope. You are not. Uh, you can grow up and you need to be mindful. Amen.
You go back out of the mouths of babes. You know, Samuel, the Lord woke him up. Samuel 1, 3, and we're not going to go there. David, the Lord spoke to him. But let's go back to Matthew 18, 3. And let me ask you this. Assuredly, I say unto you, unless you are converted and become as a little as little children, you will no means enter in the kingdom of God. Are you converted? Do you not only do you believe, but have you have you accepted Jesus as Lord? Because you know what? You might believe in Jesus like George Washington. George Washington was a great historical figure. But believing in George Washington that he existed is not going to get you saved. And believing in Jesus as a historical figure is not going to get you saved. You must accept him and believe in him and make him Lord and say, I want to change my life and I want to follow Jesus. I want to quit doing what I used to do. I want to quit acting like I used to act. I want to quit. I want to change. So bow your heads. Do you have the assurance that you are a child of God? Do you know that you are born again? Do you know that Jesus is Lord of your life? And if you are not certain that Jesus is Lord of your life, I'm asking you today, will you make him Lord? Will you put him in his place, number one? Will you have fellowship with him? He's wanting you to be a part of the family. Not to keep you from hell, but to make you a part of the family. Yeah, that's a benefit. But we want to know him. We want to make him Lord. Is that you? Will you lift your hand and say, I need to make Jesus Lord? Anybody? Just wave at me right quick and say, I need to make Jesus Lord. So look at me. Make that commitment. I know most everybody is in here saved. But make a commitment that you're going to be a leader, that you're going to be a teacher, that you're going to be a guide, you're going to be a coach. You're going to live a life and be an example. That you're going to lead the way. You're going to just live a life and people go, I don't know what they got, but I want what they got. And they don't cuss. They don't get mad when they should get mad. How do they, how do, they do that? How do you do that? How do you do that? How come y'all don't drink? How come you don't cuss? What's the difference about you? Just something about you. See, that's the place we need to get and live as a believer. Amen? So let me pray over you. Father, we thank you for the word today. Lord God, that you've charged us to be more, to be that leader, to, to be the believer, Lord God, to lead the way. Father, help us to train up our children, to teach them, to trust in you, to believe in you, to rely upon you. Father, we thank you that you stir in our hearts, and we thank you, Father, for many children to be saved uh, during these next four days. And, Father, we honor you and praise you for all you're doing in our church and in our community. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content 
Find out more about our upcoming events and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.